Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto home life business, they'll take care of all of your insurance needs. And they'll also do everything they can to save you money. On top of that, Purdy Insurance will update those policies for you, always staying ahead of the curve to make sure you are taken care of. It's all at Purdy Insurance Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Linky Kia Hyundai. Great pre-owned inventory, fabulous service department. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Our play-by-play call of the day, the opening snap of the game, and it sails. James Conner in the backfield on the right side of Big Ben. Motion by the tight end. McDonald down the line, left to right. And the snap goes high over the head of Big Ben. All the way back to the 2, to the 1. And the Browns have it in the end zone. And they dive on the ball and recover it for a touchdown. Carl Joseph's got it in the end zone. A touchdown. Not a bad start. Jim Donovan with the call on the Browns radio network. And think of this. uh, Look, the Ravens just took the old Browns with them. So they weren't an expansion team. When Cleveland came back in 1999, they were an expansion team. This is their first playoff win since coming back. Great to have back with us from the Reading Eagle, Rich Scarcella, sir. Happy New Year to you. Welcome back. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm doing really well. Um, I want to start with Michael Mennett. Because there's something about, I want to start with something that, as an old-time guy, I really like. You were able to get the story with Michael Mennett. wasn't announced on Twitter. It was just good old-fashioned building relationship, good newspaper guy, good guy to talk to with Michael Mennett, and got the story out there. So congratulations on that. I just like the way the whole thing was done. Oh, thanks, Steve. No, I mean, I've, I've had a relationship with... Um, Michael and his family, you know, built it through his time at Penn State, and he's always been cooperative, and um, you know, and 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 I appreciate that. I mean, yeah, and you know, you you mentioned the old-fashioned way. Um, there was no way he was going to announce anything on Twitter. He is, right. as you well know, he is not one for fanfare or to draw attention to himself. And it's very hard to get him to talk about himself. Um, but, uh, yeah, and I, and I never doubted or never thought that he um, never thought that he wasn't coming or that he was coming back because, I mean, this has been a goal of his 
for a very long time, and a dream of his is to play in the NFL. And, and he's put in his five years at Penn State, and like he said, he, he wouldn't trade it for the world, and, 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 and he says, I can't even put into words what that team means to me. So, uh, yeah, I wish him well, and, um, yeah, it's been fun covering him. Yeah, well, he's. Yeah, I'm so fortunate. There's so many people along the way that you build. They may be short term, but you build relationships with, and then later you sit back and say, "What a terrific person to be around." Michael's one of those guys. You just really, I just really liked being around him. He was so nice, always polite, yeah. great leader. And you could you could tell after the game when he and Will Fries walked around the field together like that. You knew that was it. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, he's he, he's uh, yeah, he's a very he not only sounds and looks very mature, he is very mature. He's yes. he's one of those guys. Um, the team always comes first. It's not about him. Um, and he did say to me, and, and I use it in the story. I said, you know, of all the things that you accomplished at Penn State, what are you most proud about? And he said it was. Being elected team captain, not just once, but twice, he said, I, I don't even know how to put that into words. Well, uh, came here as a guard, moved to center. Mm-hmm. So how does he want to go about the next step? Because normally we'd say, okay, you have to do this, you got to go to the combine, pro day, things like that. But in, in this particular circumstance, did he get a chance to talk about how he wants to go about this? He's down in Pensacola, Florida, working at a training, working out at a training facility called Exos. And um, Jimmy Morrissey, the pit center, is down there, a kid from Philadelphia area. Mm-hmm. And um, oh gosh, the quarterback from North Dakota State, Lance, and I can't think of his first name. Tra- He's Tra- down there Lance. as well, and there are other guys. Yeah. And um, you know, he plans. He's down there preparing for the combine, but. Right now, the combine invitations and actual dates that are up in the air, and no one really knows, uh, you know, what's going to happen there. So he's preparing for that. And if there is no combine, I'm sure there'll be a pro day at Penn State, and that's another thing he'll be preparing for. Um, he is, um, I think, his versatility that he can play center and guard is going to help him. Is going to make him more attractive to teams. Uh, he's represented by one of the premier agents in the game, Joel Siegel, who he told me just really, really liked. He just the guy was very, very seems very, very motivated to work for him. Um, so yeah, I don't know how long he's he doesn't know exactly how long he's going to be down in Pensacola, but he's going to continue to work out uh, work out down there. Uh, until he hears about the combines, he's also, as you know, Steve, he was in, he received an invitation to the Senior Bowl, right. and he's as of Friday when I spoke to him Friday night, um, he's planning to play in it, but he said that could change depending on a lot of things. Right, exactly. Um, you always want to leave a situation better than when you found it. Did he feel that he was leaving a Penn State offensive line room better than when he found it? Uh, that's a good question. We didn't talk about that. Um, I know this. I know he likes uh, Phil Troutwine a lot. Yes. Um, yeah. Wish he wishes that they could have had. I'm sure, like everybody else on the team, wishes they could have had a spring practice and a regular year. He thinks that would have helped them a lot. 
but he frankly was very disappointed uh, about the way the season played out, and um, he said it did leave a sour taste in his mouth, and, um, you know, but like he said, I can't change it, but but um, that disappointed him, uh, but I don't think... Um, I don't think there's any regrets. I don't think there's any. I, I think he he um, he had a lot of good things to say about his teammates, his coaches, and the support staff at Penn State. Next one is Jaquan Brisker has made the decision that he's going to come back for a third year at Penn State. Uh, what do you think this now means in conjunction with Tariq Castro Fields, the transfer from South Carolina, returning guys? What do you think about the secondary now? Well, first. I don't know about you. Maybe you had some inside information. I was very surprised. Um, you know, I think the folks up in the Scranton area, Lackawanna College, were were a little surprised as well. I think it's a a huge plus for Penn State and the Penn State defense. I think Brisker played very very well this season, especially the second half of the season. Um, I think the fact that Tariq Castro Fields is coming back, which I think is, you know, he, he it was the right move because of his health concerns um, this year that limited him to one game or two games, whatever it was. Um, I, I mean, I think that gives the secondary a lot of experience. Um, and then you throw in, you know, the transfer from South Carolina, Johnny Dixon. Uh, and then you got all those really, who I think are really good young cornerbacks Joey Porter Jr., Keaton Ellis, uh, Marquise Wilson, and that's not. And then the guys behind him who are redshirted, that that mm. makes them very deep in the secondary. Yeah, Daquan Hardy would be. Daquan Hardy, one, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. go on and on. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, um, you know, it's a luxury for for Brent Pry and Terry Smith and Tim Banks to have all those guys next year, and it 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 sure seems like. Um, the secondary seems like uh, looks like it's going to be a lot better than than I thought it would on December nineteenth. Now let's go to the next part. On December nineteenth, Mike Yurcich was still the offensive coordinator at Texas. He's now the offensive coordinator at Penn State. What are your thoughts on that move, bringing him into the mix? I was surprised. Um, because this year, not this year, we're, we're in 21. 2020 was so strange, and there were such um, bizarre circumstances. I thought Kirk Scirocco would be back at least for next year. Um, you know, before I talk about Mike, um, I thought there were a lot of extenuating circumstances, such as the injuries in the backfield. Um, the lack of spring practice, like I mentioned, the lack of a regular summer. Um, I, 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 it's hard to judge somebody off a year like this. Um, having said that, my thought is, I, I don't. I wonder if Mike Yersich was not available, if this move would have been made. I, I don't know that. I, I, but I wonder about that. Um, he, he has a lot of. Mike, Mike does. Mike has a has a really good resume, um, you know, and and includes a lot of time in the um, in the PSAC, which uh, is something that James Franklin likes. I'm going to guess that they've known each other for a, for a while, more than a year or two, or you know, whatever. Um, 
you know, he has a really good track record, especially at Oklahoma State and Texas, um, calling plays. Uh, I know the two years he spent at Shippensburg in 2011 and 2012, they put up some ridiculous numbers. I know when they played in Kutztown in 2012, they scored over 70 points and gained over 700 yards. Um, you know, I, I, I think I think it's a move. I, I do think if he wasn't available, I don't know if this move would have been made. Um, it's somebody, you know, somebody obviously that James feels comfortable with. And my biggest question is, it will will this be Mike Yurcich's offense, or will this be a hybrid like it was in 2020 between James and Kirk, which obviously um, didn't work at peak efficiency? Obviously, with Joe Moorhead taking the head coaching job at Mississippi State, Ricky mm-hmm. Ronnie taking the head coaching job at Old Dominion, and now with Kirk, that means Sean Clifford going into his fifth year is now on his fourth full-time offense coordinator fourth full-time quarterback coach what do you th- what do you um, what do you think's running through his head right now because now he has to do this all over again I don't know that's a very very good question and to me this is me I think Sean Clifford is the it's it sounds obvious but he is the most important player who will determine how Penn State does in 2021. And I don't know how, I would love to know. I would love to talk to him and find out what's going through his head. I know he had a, you know, he had a great relationship with Ricky Ronnie. Yep. Um, he's told us that multiple times. I think he and Kirk had had a really good relationship that started off very well down at the Cotton Bowl um, in December of 19, right after Kirk was hired. But the fact is, Steve, as you pointed out, this is his fourth quarterback's coach and fourth offensive coordinator in five years. And I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know what to make of that. Does that, you know, is that going to confuse him? I mean, he's a very, very smart guy. Uh, you know, it, yeah. it's just he's he's gotten a lot of information from a lot of angles. And you know maybe this this will bring you know hiring Yersich will elevate his game even higher. I I, I don't know, but it, it's got to be his head's got to be spinning a little bit, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have to ask you about your pack. Uh, they're the number one seed. They've got the Rams, which means they're going to contest Aaron Donald and Jared Goff has nine good fingers. Right now, uh, what's your thought on on your Pack's playoff uh, chances here? Well, um, I like that they're home. Um, I'm glad the Rams beat Seattle because I don't like Seattle for several reasons that I don't need to get into here. Um, but the Rams do could pose problems for them. Because how good their defense is, they're they're one of the top, if not the top, defense in the NFL. Aaron Donald's going to cause issues. Um, Jalen Ramsey is going to line up against Devontae Adams. We'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, I mean, I the only the only thing, um, you know, the only thing that uh, 
really, really encourages me is the quarterback position with the Rams because of Jared Goff's injury and, uh, oh, my gosh, the backup whose name is escaping me now. Josh um, Wofford. His, his, his injury in the Seattle game, I, I think that's that's encouraging. Um but 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 Green Bay has to stop the run, and the Rams have a very good running game. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm confident, but uh, I'm definitely not looking ahead to the NFC Championship game yet. <laughs> <laughs> I had to slip that in there because I know that's your baby. So, oh, it is my baby. You got. It. I'm sorry, yeah. I went on and on. You got. You know, whenever you you Whoa. always ask me about the Packers, and and right now. Um, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very excited about them, and and I, I hope they win their next two or three games. Three would be good. It'd be three would be very good, sir. It's always a pleasure. Thank you so much, Rich. It's always a pleasure on my part just spending any time with you. Steve, my pleasure. Always, I always enjoy it, and stay safe. I will. You too, my friend. Take care. Bye. R- Rich Scarcella, Reading Eagle. We will come back with more in a moment. Uh, we're going to go through it. Maybe a longer segment than we realize, but all the people Matt wants fired. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that might take a while. I mean, what? <laughs> I mean, I mean, do you walk into work with a hood on and a sickle? I mean, it's like, you're like the Grim Reaper. But back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WK. Okay. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Balloons popping. Fireworks lit off in the back of the radio station. (laughs) One man's personal crusade comes to fruition today. Jaquan Brisker's back at Penn State. Oh, I'm sorry. We're uh, Doug Peterson, I thought. We were. No? If Doug the other Pe- move was made, then yes. But it wasn't, so no. But you already knew Howie Roseman was back. I know, but, you know. I was still holding out hope, by, a false hope, I guess. They'd have to start all over again. So who is the person that should be coaching your team? As I've said all along, Eric Bieniemy. Well, we'll see if they can get him. He and Duggar from the same tree. 
the Andy Reid tree, right? Exactly. Two there names that have come up already that I don't want. Mike Kafka, who's the quarterback coach right now with the Chiefs, and the Eagles tried to get him as OC last year. No Mike Kafka. Mm-hmm. and former, espe- Northwest, for, former Northwestern quarterback. That's right. And especially no Lincoln Riley. Really? So, I mean, you you got uh, your hate extends to the college game. <laughs> I'm, I'm just tired of the college coaches trying to come up and try to do their, their experiment in the NFL, have it work for maybe a season, then get totally blasted for two seasons, then you're starting over again in three years like Chip Kelly. Just, no. I'm not I'm not about the college route. Dick Vermeil? Different game now. I always love you guys. Different game now. <laughs> he had a game plan for Lawrence Taylor. Okay. Name the guy out there in today's game that's Lawrence Taylor. I'll give you five days to answer. Aaron Donald might be one of them. We're repeating once again, which player's Lawrence Taylor? That's who we game plan for. I mean, I know there's all this love for Aaron Donald's a terrific player. Lawrence Taylor, Deion Sanders. It's not like the it was it's not like in another era there weren't great players. Hey. You know that. For nearly 100 years, Purdy Insurance has been your locally owned, family operated source for insurance products. With a staff of over 20 and partnerships with some of the industry's most trusted companies, Purdy has the experience and resources to get the job done. Whether you need personal home and auto or complex business insurance solutions, Purdy will help you navigate through the process. Call today at 570-286-5855. Or better yet, stop in their Sunbury office to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto Home Life Business. They'll find you exactly the insurance that you need. They'll do everything they can to save you money, including bundles. And they're the best in the business. Great people who are great professionals, all at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Very pleased to be joined by Heather Dinich, one of the great pros from ESPN. Heather, Happy New Year to you. Thank you so much for your time. Happy New Year to you, too, as well. How are things? I miss, I miss seeing you. It's been a long time. I miss seeing you, too, and also seeing that, you know, obviously, I get a chance to see the quality work all the time on an everyday basis, but it's, uh, yeah, we miss having you around here very much, very much. I know, I know. It was, I, I used to live right up on North Atherton Street, and it was, it was 
interesting times with was, Joe and the worst season in school history, <laughs> and Penn State started out in a similar fashion this year, and I thought, no, it's not going to be that bad. <laughs> and, and, and you look back and said, okay, now, who is the common denominator? And you thought, I wonder if I should call Steve and see if he knows who's the common denominator. <laughs> hey, when I left, they won the Orange Bowl. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> to the Orange Bowl. <laughs> that's exactly uh-huh. right. So do we uh will we know an hour before the game or do you have an inkling now as to who is who is in or out of this thing? No, I don't know. They haven't announced it yet. Um, I want to say 7 p.m. is when Ohio State said they were going to announce their availability, but I mean that's that, that's the key to this whole thing and it's one of the big reasons I picked Alabama is because I don't know who's out for Ohio State. Yeah, and that's exactly what we were talking about earlier because of that that variable we don't know uh we are sitting here on this particular day and they're going to play the title game they played conference championship games they played some if not most of the bowl games if i take you back to july can you believe we're at this point no i can't um you know in a way though it it doesn't surprise me because of the effort that went into this season, not just from administration, from, I mean, commissioners, athletic directors, doctors, but from the student-athletes themselves, um, testing every day. It was just a phenomenal amount of time, money, resources, and everything to get to this point. Um, And that being said, when the very first college football game of this season kicked off, it was like, okay, here we go. This is really going to happen. And then the Big Ten started playing, and then the Big Ten had this rash of cancellations. And it was like, okay, are we going to get to the finish line? You know, it was this roller coaster of stop and start, and are we really going to make it? And now that we're here, you know, congratulations to Alabama and Ohio State, because I know for both teams and for many different reasons, it's been a very trying, exhausting season. You love to write about people, and you also love to write and cover games. What was it like having to cover a virus as well as having to cover games and things you really love to write about? You know, it was exhausting and it was historic and it was really challenging because it took away from the stories about the people and the players and many times the games themselves. I mean, more often my reporting was based on what's not happening (laughs) than what is. And, you know, rules changing and protocols and all of those things that had to be talked about and discussed because at the end of the day, those were the things that determined all that fans wanted to really know, which is, is my team playing or not? Can they play in the Big Ten championship game? Can they qualify for the national title? All of those things. In order to answer those questions, you have to know the rules and the protocols and the testing and all of those things. And it was so much of it. And one of the things I was really, and still right now to this day, disappointed in was I had a big story planned on um, the 50th anniversary of the Marshall plane crash. And I had intended in June to go to their campus and really get a feel for how they teach those players the history of that. They run up the hill. They have people who are still involved in that. Talk to the players. It's a mile run. And I was so excited about that story. And, of course, it was June, and 
I didn't go. And I, that's one of the big misses, I thought, are stories like that that fell through the cracks because of all mm. the other reporting that had to be done. Yeah, I've gone in to do a couple of basketball games at the Henderson Center, and you don't believe me, you think about it when you're coming into land mm-hmm. every time, every mm-hmm. time you think about it. It's amazing. Uh, I know when it comes to the games, I know for Jack, Cam, and me, it was every Saturday morning, okay, we're good to go. That's about the way it went. You didn't know until the morning of the game that there was a game. Right. Uh, and and that, yeah, and that was so um that was mo- emotionally nerve-wracking for players and athletic directors, you know, the Friday the Friday tests. And, I mean, if people only saw the emails that were flying across our news desk as to this game's canceled, this game's proposed, postponed, whatever it might be, you know, it was just, it was literally by the hour. And all of those things were changing. So, you know, similar to what you're talking about, you know, we would have broadcasters. Mike, Mike Golick was texting me one time and saying, I hope I get to cover this game because my last two I didn't, I didn't get to go to because they were canceled. Yeah. yeah we, had, we had Mike on the show and I asked about that. He's, and he was doing the Penn State-Michigan game. Right. He said, Steve, he said, Steve, I hope we do this. He said, I missed, I think I think at that point it's like four in a row or something like that. But, right, right, right. It was just every weekend you just never knew. So it is it is something to be at this point and have a game tonight. And it was, you know, only fitting that this game was a question mark as of a week ago. <laughs> right. um, and, it, you know, people it, were just sort of blown away by the fact that there was a conversation that it might be postponed. Well, it's a national championship, but it's like every other game. Who knows? Yeah. There's something greater yeah. here in charge, and it's the pandemic yeah no question all right so this is year seven of this obviously i mean let's face it from a monetary point of view expanding it isn't going to get more money at this moment but what is the sentiment that you're getting about what needs to happen with this because it's it's giving an impression or a perception of it's like an exclusive club and very few people are allowed in Right. And the answer to that depends on who you ask. You know, the group of five conference commissioners have been outspoken, nobody more so than American Athletic Conference Commissioner Mike Oresco on behalf of Cincinnati for obvious reasons. But, you know, they are always going to advocate for more inclusion. But even Sunbelt Commissioner Keith Gill told me he's not sure that expansion is the answer. And that's because if you expand to eight, and you have one guaranteed spot for a group of five team, that doesn't necessarily solve the Cincinnati-Coastal Carolina issue. One's getting in, one's not, (laughs) right? So, you know, I think that while there is a growing sentiment that, hey, we are willing to talk about this, we're going to do a deeper dive on it when we can get in person again, um, there's also a reluctance to say, this is what I think we should do, because they haven't studied all of those models. They haven't been presented to them in depth. There hasn't been formal studies on the implications on and off the field of what it does to the student athletes, etc. So they need more information, but I think what's different at this point is they realize that there's a clock. This contract expires in five years. You don't wake up on the 12th year and say, hey, we're going to do this or we're not. You have to plan and renegotiate bowl and TV contracts well in advance of that and so they they recognize they need to formulate a plan, whether it's to expand or not. They have to come up with an answer, I would say, within the next probably 12 to 18 months. 
Yeah, it's exactly going to be the point I was going to make. Is right now, the NCAA basketball tournament, different sport, but still 19% of the schools make the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. College football, different sport, but 3% make it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm sure that the percentages, I'm sure, will come up. I mean, you don't want 19% of the football teams in there. It would drag the season into infinity, but it is something to at least consider. Right. Well, and, and there's two there's two questions here. We always want to ask, what problem are we trying to solve? And this system, I would argue, and many people would probably say, does what it's asked to do, which is get the four best teams. There are probably some people out there who say, you know what, Cincinnati might be one of the four best teams. Okay, maybe. Right. But there's probably a lot more people who say Cincinnati deserves a shot. So if the question is, is this system fair, that's a different question than is it doing what it was meant to do because i think it's pretty hard to argue up to this point now we can go back on the ohio state penn state year or penn state washington whatever it was the year that uh, penn state won the big 10 and didn't yeah. get in right there 16. you know there are little there's there are controversies like that along the way but i think this year kind of exacerbated inequalities that we already already knew was there right and if it's a question of fairness then I think that lends to the conversation of expansion. But if you're talking about just the best teams, period, in college football alone, that is a very small sample size to begin with. Nobody covers the committee better than you do. Flat out, nobody does. Uh, Thank you. What what have you learned about, I mean, the the personalities in their change? Like, for example, John Urschel's now a part of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what have you learned about how they go about their business that gives you confidence in what they do? Well, I can tell you, having interviewed almost every single one of them as they rotate off the committee, I truly believe that they are sincere when they say, we did the best we can. We try to be mm-hmm. as fair as we possibly can, and more importantly, we try to get it right. Because all of these people have invested something to a great extent in the sport. And I I do believe that when you go in there, and having done the mock selection at least five times myself, at least five times, when you're in there and you're sitting there and you're looking at the data in front of you, you're in tunnel vision. You're looking at, well, that was a bad loss. Well, they didn't beat anybody ranked in the top 25. I mean, all of those things you're truly talking about without saying, that's Ohio State or that's Alabama. No, you're looking at, well, I don't, like, they didn't beat anybody. Like, those conversations are very real in that room. But to your point, the personalities are also extremely important because those there are coaches in the room. The administrators, all of the athletic directors, all of those different opinions are important because you don't want groupthink in there, right? You want a variety of opinions and different ways of looking at things and, and Urschel's math brain going at it, right? But you also <laughs> want guys like very first year of the committee, Tom Osborne talked. He was very quiet. But whenever he did speak and he talked about field position, everybody else in the room shut up because they want to hear what Tom Osborne has to say, right? So I think that all of those personalities together help them do their job to the best of their ability. They'll always be criticized and questioned no matter what the system is, but I do believe that they, they sincerely try their best to do it right. Hey, look, the 38th team is complaining they weren't an at-large team in basketball, too. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, let's face it. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, I got another. Let's let's keep going with the strong suits. I want to know what you think about the game tonight because you've always been terrific at game analysis. What do you think? 
Well, thank you. Um, well, I think the big question is, is the COVID-19 affecting Ohio State's defense? Because when you look at these two teams, they match up almost toe-for-toe offensively. It's remarkable. Alabama's offense has gotten so much ink, and deservedly so, with the Heisman hopefuls. But you look at Mac Jones, well, Ohio State can answer with Justin Fields. How healthy is he after taking that shot against Clemson, right? And then you look at um, some of these other guys, Devontae Smith. you got Chris Olave for Ohio State. You have Najee Harris for Alabama. Well, you've got Trey Sermon who can run. So, to me, defensively is where this game is going to be won. And if Ohio State can do what it did to Clemson, which is win up front, I mean, I have not seen Ohio State play that way all season, from Justin Fields to defensively up front, the offensive line. But to me, what impressed me so much besides Fields' gutsiness was the way that they flustered Trevor Lawrence. You leave that kid open, he's going to make those shots downfield almost all the time because he's so amazingly accurate. And they made him they made him look like an average quarterback at best, you know? And so if they can do that against Alabama, they've got a real shot at this thing. But even Ryan Day says he knows that they have to play better. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I thought Larry had that defensive front. You know, Togiai, Smith, Cooper, all those guys, they were, re- and, you know, Haskins all ready to play. I mean, they really, Haskell Garrett, I mean, all ready to play. The question is, do they have all those guys tonight? I think that's the big question is the up-front guys because the rumor is that's where it is. That's the rumor. (laughs) (laughs) Heather, thank you so much. I appreciate on game day you gave us this kind of time. As always, a true pleasure on my part. Pleasure's all mine, Steve. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoy the game. I will. Heather Dinich, ESPN, one of the best in the business. She covered Penn State football for a few years and did a fabulous job doing it here. Um, All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us on the show today. Um, It's it's a day that, for Matt Catrillo, yeah, Doug's gone. But now the owner is embarrassing himself as we speak. So there's that. Really? But by doing what? By saying very stupid things at his press conference. He's not putting down our show, is he? Back with more in a moment <laughs> here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Great to have you with us on the show today. So the owner of the Eagles is embarrassing himself. I mean, in, remember, in my opinion, yes. Now remember, we have you know our own different levels. I mean, we were at the holiday party a year ago, and you know who was up with a lampshade dancing on the table. <laughs> I I consider that somewhat embarrassing. I mean, is it does it rise to that level? Uh no, definitely not. But it Ooh. rises to the level of, of him saying very stupid things in my opinion. Such as Well, first of all, he said Doug Peterson didn't deserve to be to be let go, even though he got let go. <laughs> what? I I I can't. I I just I just can't. Well, this is your guy. Yes. That's why I'm very concerned about this 
franchise right now. This is the guy that's making all the decisions right now. <laughs> well, he is the owner. Yes, and he's not very not very good right now at his job. He was good at his job for uh, maybe hold, a season and a half. That's about it. Do the checks bounce? Football decisions. How about that? Do the checks bounce? No. Then he's good at his job <laughs> when it comes to ownership. <laughs> Making football decisions is not. Economic, sure, I guess. Well, who's the one that hired Howie Roseman? Also him, and that was a bad move. Well, sort of. Who's the one that hired Doug Peterson? Or at least approved it. He did, which was great. Did they win a Super Bowl? He did. Well, he hadn't done that bad a job. He also hired Chip Kelly. Rich Kotite. I mean, let's not forget that now. Oh, God. Ray, Ray Perilla from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Oh, my goodness. He would tell us stories about Rich Kotite. Oh, I know. Like, like just general stuff. Not, you know, I'm not talking about personal or anything like that. You know, what he'd do as a coach and so forth. We'd be there on a Friday night, and Ray would go on and on. It's like... And, and all of us sat there, and like, we'd be laughing because it was, you know, uh, Ray get a little emotional about it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, Jaquan Brisker's coming back. That should make you happy a little bit, right? It does, yes. I mean, I'm here to do what I can to bring some semblance of joy to what is obviously a miserable life. <laughs> As always, it's always very cathartic for me. You go home, you got a gorgeous wife, an awesome child, and you're miserable. <laughs> because of your football team. At least the other side of the states can somewhat sympathize with me too because their franchise is also kind of in limbo right now. Most of the snaps were good. <laughs> Yeah, and so were the first 11 games. Yeah, but you know what? How many times did we talk about, in all seriousness, in the first 11 games where, like, they were winning? And I said, look, it's not about style points, but it, it doesn't quite seem, you know what I mean? Yes. I, you know, over and over, and I kept saying, look, this is not a great team. But to be honest with you, I don't think Kansas City's a great team. I think Kansas City is very good offensively. I think Kansas City's very good defensively. I don't think Kansas City's great offensively or great defensively, but I think they're very good. I just don't think in the league right now, and maybe it's the circumstances of the season, I just feel like you've got a lot of very good but nothing great. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 